Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. Hey, we're all here to talk Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago. We've got some fun things coming your way today. Before we get to all that, we always like to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, over Four Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. The way it's going for my life, maybe we'll just make those recommendations, non-Star Wars books, for a couple months until we get back <laughs> into Star Wars. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, that is the A for Audible, but we also have A for Ask, Joseph. That is right. We are asking for more reading time. No, no one can provide that. That's just <laughs> life. We have to reorganize our own lives. Anyway, uh, we are currently promoting our Patreon page. Thank you so much to everyone who has joined us there. There was a great big uh, push uh, for our Patreon and uh, that has allowed us to do this podcast, Indiana Jones in the Perilous Podcast, which was up exclusively on Patreon. We are now slowly releasing those episodes to the public. Thank you to everyone who made that happen. Also, you unlocked this great goal Jennifer doing this basically new YouTube show, <laughs> The Jedi Beat. Originally, it was just going to be, <laughs> hey, we're going to add some visuals to those audios. But Jennifer is an adventurer. And we were talking before we started rolling about uh, all of the new clips she's finding. 
just I there's just some I wish we were recording then because there's some great quotes of like I need to find a picture of this person depressed in 1976 that's the level of research that's going into this gonna be a new YouTube series uh coming your way on Monday July 17th so Patreon's making lots of things happen the next thing that we are building toward is a goal of $2,200 a month Ken and I will do another Star Wars ranked that is live streamed to patrons only that is right. We had a lot of fun doing that last one there. That's uh, that's our ass. Good stuff. And uh, Jen, I have uh, all the faith in the world that you will find the most depressed photos of Lucasfilm team members in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> I found one. I found one. It's great. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are almost getting ready to the news. Uh, but I actually feel this life in Star Wars Adventure section is... is uh, Needed for all of us uh, because of some change in recording schedules and unplanned force center slows down a little bit for a couple months. So Joseph and I and Jennifer can do other things in life as it was completely unplanned, but it's happened. So I feel as though I haven't talked to either of you in months. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jen, Jen, how's life in the event? Good, good. As you mentioned, uh, I'm an adventurer and a perfectionist is, would be the accurate <laughs> description. Um, so yeah, I've been combing through uh, lots of Google old uh, blogs to try and find photos of the Lucasfilm team, the um, all of the makeup artists, not a lot. And I came across these images, which I don't know if I, I've never seen this concept art for the Star Wars holiday special oh. from Ralph McQuarrie. Uh, I don't know who else was did the concept art, but there's quite a bit of it, and I love it. There mm. is one piece of concept art. I'm going to have to post this on my Instagram. And it has a description of uh, Chewbacca and his family, and uh, and it talks about Chewbacca's uh, uh, the dad. He says, Wookiees tend to shrink as they get very old. <laughs> and then it says, mother and a baby Wookiee. And it says, could be a little plumper. <laughs> when referring to lumpy i love it i love it oh these images are so cool very uh very retro um yeah. and shows their home and just uh, you can actually see it's very close to what we see um, mm. on screen which is delightful in my opinion yeah, I'm fascinated with that stuff because I know there's that doc out there that we talked about the trailer a while ago and, and maybe we had some uh, cynical thoughts on what they were going to cover in the doc. I haven't seen it, so I want to be fair. Mm. I some friends might have, but I didn't. I don't trust their opinion on it either. They were there to make fun of the holiday <laughs> special too. Um, and, and the holiday special is what it is in a lot of ways, but I'm fascinated But we're talking about, Jen. Like, Ralph McQuarrie worked on the concept art. I imagine he did that with a lot of just earnest passion for the project. You know, like at some point, maybe it switched to what it became. But at some point, there might have been this like, well, this is fun. Let's do this. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Yes, exactly. There is a, a real, it's it's art. It's beautiful art. And mm -hmm. I don't care what anyone says. The holiday special has some value to it. <laughs> it has a ton of value. Uh, mm -hmm. We got all sorts of different Wookiees. <laughs> ones just shrinking from age and cute little plump ones. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, but Kashyyyk, right? I mean, yes. the, the the design work uh, could have just been put on a shelf and come back out for Revenge of the Sith. It, it is mm. it is the vision of what Kashyyyk is. Yeah, mm. exactly. There's there you always go. always value in them Dar Hills. I think mm -hmm. <laughs> that was my adventure. That's a great. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, and Joseph, I know you've uh, had a lot of life uh, going on the last few weeks. Uh, that also includes a lot of work and a lot of fun things. And I'm sure Star Wars found its way there, I would hope. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, lot, lots of life and also just a, a, a fewer fewer plates spinning because the plates that I do have are very full from working on the movie and, and dealing with... Uh, with uh, some sad family stuff with my father-in-law passing, it's uh, those those are those things are pretty much my life right now. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and I I really it it is weird to slow down a little bit on Force Center. Um, mm -hmm. And people have been uh, very understanding. We've been putting out the Indiana Jones episode, so maybe for listeners, it doesn't feel as much like a slowdown. But often, Ken and I record two to three times a week. So only recording once a week is like, well, <laughs> see again in three years, man. <laughs> it, was, yeah. uh, it was very funny. Uh, but then one of the main things I'm doing right now, uh, yesterday I spent almost all day editing on the short film that Ken was in. 
the scene that needed uh, reaction shots. And, and uh, the entire clip is like uh, of raw footage is like 10 minutes <laughs> of me off, off camera asking Ken to make slightly different uh, facial gestures. So I feel like I spent time with you by scrubbing through all that yesterday. Uh, yeah, it was where I got yeah. to eat, eat uh, some candy for 10 minutes, basically, on camera. It was great. Is some great, some great candy eating. Uh, great candy yeah. eating is extremely believable candy eating. Um, yeah. So the the uh, one real Star Wars adventure for me was just like one of those little fun uh, details of uh, Ian Abercrombie, who was a voice uh, Palpatine for you know a, a large swath of the Clone Wars. Um, I had remembered realizing when I was looking at his Wikipedia entry at some point that he w- played a very minor role in the original Twin Peaks. Mm. Um, and, and I've been rewatching uh, the original uh, Twin Peaks, which I haven't rewatched in like four years. And I just kind of forgot that he was, he was coming up. Mm. This is the first time that I have, I've watched the first two seasons of Twin Peaks probably 25 times in my life. Uh, mm. So I've seen this uh, again and again and again, but this is the first time that I was like, Oh yeah, there he is in the credits. The Emperor is coming up <laughs> in this episode of Twin Peaks. And it's it's one scene, uh, and he is playing a character, uh, a shady insurance person uh, in a plaid jacket. Uh, and he comes on screen like, "Oh, it's great, charming." There's a you, you think he's a trustworthy old man, but then the shiftiness comes out. And as he becomes shifty, he sounds more and more like the Emperor from the Clone Wars. <laughs> oh and it's so God. great. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes people are just like total actor chameleons. And like, wow, mm. amazing. And, you know, <laughs> in, 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 he was just, I, I think that's what makes his performance good in, in the Clone Wars. Is It, it <laughs> is close enough to Ian McDermott, but it is like many of the voice actors. It's his take on the spirit of the character. It's not an impression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's true of Anakin and, and Padme, and I think it's all the stronger for it. So mm-hmm. it was just, it was great to to hear the Emperor. <laughs> like yeah. you close your eyes and you hear the Emperor, and then you open your eyes, and it's an insurance man in a plaid jacket. Beautiful, that's great, great. Killed it on Seinfeld for years too. Love it. <laughs> wow, that's good. That's good. Star Wars yeah. is everywhere. Yeah. So Ken, what did you do besides uh, eating candy on my computer? <laughs> Well, I, I hadn't thought of you just jogged my memory. I did. Uh, the Emperor is truly everywhere. I finally got to, I, I'm still working my way through the adventures of young Indiana Jones. They are 90 minute movies. It's, it's uh, you know, watching 22 movies in a short amount of time is not easy. So I, I slowed down a little bit, but I finally got to the episode that was the one uh, written by Carrie Fisher. It is the Mata Hari episode. It is, it takes place in Paris when young Indy gets a little uh, break from the war and he goes and uh, he stays or supposed to stay with a professor friend of his father who's played by Ian McDiarmid, which you know, mm. I knew was the case and knew he was in the show. And I was like, oh, kind of like you. I was like, oh, we, we got, oh, the emperor's here. And he's, McDiarmid's great, of course. But there's one point where this was shot in the early 90s. There's one point where he, I don't want to say he loses his accent as the, the character he was plan but it goes palpatine fast <laughs> and it, and, you know he's a, obviously a talented actor so you know everything was done with intention but it it it, it it's similar to the 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 moment i love in in uh, dirty rotten scoundrels of welcome to hell because it's 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 palpatine <laughs> the door. so maybe that's maybe that's the thing if you if you play palpatine or the emperor at any point uh abercrombie uh, uh the great tim curry uh mm-hmm. and Whitworth. maybe there maybe palpatine never leaves your soul which is maybe part of the dangers it's almost like a fun curse yeah. <laughs> yeah makes perfect sense that an actor would say like i have this range when i need to dip into menace that's uh, the emperor just comes out when you dip into menace yeah mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. we we watched uh the first half of in indiana jones Mm. Uh, young Indiana Jones because I was really excited to get back into it and and uh, Sarah was like yeah that sounds good tonight uh, and then you know we we pulled it up on Disney Plus and the episode title is Trenches of Hell and I was like I don't know this this might be a little bit heavy but you know it it is you know it's instructional for kids and you know all the other episodes like he meets Freud at a dinner table or maybe he yells at a president about having respect for animals you know it'll be fine and, and it Man, that first half of mm. Trenches uh, of Hell is George Lucas going, hey, kids, war mm. is really awful. And it's oh. it's like 
I know you watched it recently, yeah. Ken. It is, it's an hour of, hey, World War One was really bad. It's not like a little funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> that happened a long time ago. It was hell on earth. Yep. Uh, yeah, and we were like, I think let's pause. I think let's pause and come back to the to the second half of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little later. It's intense and you forget how intense it is for for network television. That's that's been my entire journey with, with this show. I still can't shut up about the show. I was at my my little uh, the job I work part-time and and uh, um, Hector Navarro was there hosting a show and it came up and he was kind of like, ah, yeah, but why? The series is okay. It's educational. This and, that. and I was just like, okay, it, it it's, it's George Lucas pissed off at the world. <laughs> it's just, like, yeah. it, it's George going, I got things you got to hear and say, uh, see and, and, and learn. And um, it's almost funny that he and, and Rick McCallum refer to it as education or whatever word they, <laughs> it is, it truly is, but it's, um, it, it goes hard. I keep saying that. And that trenches war one. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it, there's even a B- BTS clip I found of George talking about it. And he, he, it's, it's in the, it's in the late nineties. So it's post the release of saving private Riot, And he compares it to it. He goes, look, saving private Riot is, you know, it's, it's on screen. It's a theater, big, different. Um, but we tried that. We, we want to do the same kind of thing. That's what we really put into that episode. Um, mm-hmm. That it was intense and real and, and bad. And, and yeah, you're like, yeah, George, you did. <laughs> good job yeah. good job yeah we watched the suffragette episode too and that mm-hmm. one was it was absolutely great uh, absolutely loving it yeah this was just a total like th- life is a little challenging right now <laughs> yes maybe fewer real life flamethrowers fewer <laughs> real life flamethrowers right now but we'll be diving back in soon because yeah absolutely yeah. love love the series indeed indeed yeah so that was a bit about it for me it's been one of those uh uh, busy times. Although I did, I did do a stand-up show last night, and, and the host, um, you know, as I often say, hey, you know, if you could say I'm author of the book, why we love Star Wars, is easy, easy clip to to give, easy, easy intro to give. And so she she was like, hey, who here's a Star Wars fan? And it was about sixty <laughs> people in the crowd, and about ten ten of them went. Oh, and went, oh, okay, we're not, oh no, we're not doing any Star Wars jokes tonight. So. Can uh, you know I have that that joke that I often do in my set of like don't ask questions that you are not confident in the answer of to an audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, Star Wars can find you, and also Star Wars can disappear. Oh, no. Uh, My set last night. Anyways, it was a great time. All right, let's get into some Star Wars news here. And we are, uh, well, we're, we'll, t- we'll, say, we'll say up top, as, as always here, we're, we're skirting around some big rumor reports out there. Uh, a lot of rumors already uh, kind of considered false. A lot of them are just false from um, the point of, uh, of, of birth of the rumor and the origin. Uh, and there's some stories out there we'd love to confirm, but nothing's confirmed. So it's a big week of rumors. So if you come, come in here for those, um, not what we're going to dive in here today. Instead, we're going to dive into some things that we know are happening. And one of the things we know uh, that is going to happen is on June 28th, this week, we are going to go behind the scenes of the making of The Mandalorian's third season with the latest Disney Gallery episode, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian Season 3. Ahead of the release, a 30-second clip was dropped showing uh, that part of the episode will focus on Phil Tippett's work on the season. And I thought that was a great way to promote the series. I think um, I'm seeing Phil Tippett a lot more. He he just worked on... uh, uh, Ryan Johnson's Poker Face. Uh, there was an actual episode kind of kind of dedicated to it with, with uh, a character mm-hmm. that's clearly based on him. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of uh, Phil Tippett and his beard resurgence, which is fun for an old school Star Wars fan, I think. So I wanted to kind of focus on this as we look towards the Disney gallery, uh, Jen, as someone who has uh, spent a lot of time in that uh, creature shop uh, looking for photos, essentially. You're, you're you're, you're in a way hanging out there at the old Lucasfilm uh, shop trying to get some photos. Uh, what does it mean? What does it mean to us? And, and this might be, I don't want to just sound like we're original trilogy generation fans and that's it. And that's all who can enjoy Phil Tippett. That's definitely not what I mean. But, it, it, you know, we go back a ways with Phil. So what does it mean to have Phil his workshop evolved in, in modern day Star Wars, Jen? This is uh, why I love Star Wars and Lucasfilm. You know, they, they keep their pioneers and their trailblazers around. Um, you know, they, they bring them back. They, you know, ask them for their wisdom, their knowledge, their style, their expertise. And then these veterans can not only create new things, but they can also serve as mentors for the younger people. 
I think that's such a, a wonderful and kind of unique thing because in mm. Hollywood, oftentimes <laughs> you get older, you're discarded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just, I love it. I, and I love that he's happy to be a part of it. And there, he's just done so much. I mean, Jurassic parks, was it 30th anniversary? Um, yeah. Just happened. And what they did, you watch Jurassic Park now. I mean, these visual effects still hold up. The work that he did um, on that movie is just, it's incredible. So, mm. yeah, I'm so happy that Phil Tip is back. And that episode of Poker Face is, is a good one. With, I think it's Nick Nolte is actually in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Natasha Leone actually directed that episode. It was uh, oh, yeah, the right. of the season and a season that I loved. Uh, yeah, no, I echo everything you say there, um, uh, Joseph. Uh, um, your thoughts on this, and, and and definitely your thoughts on his beard. How does that has that affected you at all? Because it has. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Uh, no, I I like it, and I, you know, I, I regrew a beard during the pandemic, and I've I've been giving lots of thought every time I look at the mirror of like, at what age do I just go full wild older person beard at, at all times and i love how much he's he's embraced it right i mean there can be there can be so much in culture in general that is look young look young look young you know you yeah. you get 50 60 year old man you know doing the like mirror selfie of look i, st- I still got pecs you know yeah so yeah. it is nice to see somebody who's like i'm gonna remind you every second that you know i am santa claus age <laughs> 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 i am you know a wild uh, lovable older older person with this great powerful beard and, and I, I obviously that's just kind of his his personality it makes you know sense to his his personality at least from uh, what we've seen in all of the behind the scenes footage over the years. But I do think it relates to all the great stuff that you're saying, Jennifer, about there is this desire within Lucasfilm and within the creators to stay connected to the past mm-hmm. in a good way and learn from the original creators and have that great Star Wars theme of of the old and the new and, you know, the sequel trilogy wrestling entirely with like, everything can't be dictated by the past. You can't put on rose colored glasses and lie to yourself about the past. You can't kill the past, but there is such value mm-hmm. in the past. And there's such value in the wisdom of people who've, who've lived a long time uh, and had these great experiences. That's to me, like one of the main ideas of, of the Skywalker saga, at least. So I love it when it's reflected mm-hmm. in real life and to see that like, um, this great marriage of the old and new and in what Fever is talking about in this clip in particular of, um, yeah, we're not, we're not going to do like straight up stop motion animation to, mm. you know, it's not going to be, we're not going to build man, the minds of Mandalore out of, out of clay um, or stop motion, the, the mythosaur necessarily. Yeah. But those ideas, those visuals, that connection to Star Wars and, that connection to, you know, the kind of the Harryhausen school of, of design, that level of fantasy mm. that, that Phil, that that's in Phil Tippett's soul and probably his beard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's use all this super whiz bang, gee whiz modern technology and, and get the new mixed with the old. Mm-hmm. That's what's powerful about it to me. I, I really agree with that. There's something, um, it just made a lot of sense when, when you find, found out how much he was involved, particularly in that, that Minds of Mandalore episode and, and the design of Mandalore itself and the creature, everything that, that, uh, the, the creature droid, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really, really made me feel like uh, Jabba's palace all over again. And, and, yeah. and that, that feeling I had when I was younger and, seven or so, and I've talked about being scared so much about things going on in there. The spider droid that I would later find out was a Bomar monk, the Rancor, all those kind of things. Um, uh, it had that vibe in that wonderful way, and that Star Wars creep show <laughs> kind, of, uh, <laughs> kind of way. And and yeah, being so just uh, clearly part of uh, who Phil is as a, as a creator. And um, and yeah, Jen, what you're talking about, yeah, there's, there's, they... they it's as best as it can be. Lucasfilm could still be a family. I know it's forever changed and it won't be what it was um, pre-sale, but, but, but I think they've done a pretty good job of understanding their legacy. And even though say someone like, uh, you know, Ben Burt doesn't carry on in the, in the full capacity that he used to do, his legacy lives on with Matthew Wood and they bring him back and, and mm-hmm. he droids. And, and I think to have Phil Tippett come back, it just yeah, it means a lot. It, it's just um, for, as an OT kid, um, even seeing Phil, uh, you know, we were leaving our hotel one day or, or leaving actually the hotel that Mark Ellis was staying at, at, at Star Celebration Anaheim. 
and Phil was sitting outside and uh, I wanted to run up. And I think he even said something to you, Joseph, and you're like, do, you, do, do we want to go back and talk to him? And I was like, I just, I just couldn't because <laughs> I was going to blubber too much. Um, it was just, you know, it just means a lot because uh, he, he, I swear he's, I think he's like the first BTS name I learned that wasn't George Lucas. Yeah, uh, as a kid was was Phil Tippett his work with the Rancor, him coming out of that Rancor costume, and so I think it's more and to to what both you're saying, it's definitely more than um, an old timer's day at, at the ballpark. It, it, you're bringing him back to contribute, and and that's important too. And that's important as uh, as we all get older. Um, there's those pressures, and a lot of times you are replaced. A lot of times you feel out of touch. I was just in a meeting with someone uh, at my uh, job, and they were like, "Yeah, I haven't seen that uh, that Jurassic Park." film and they said it in the way of like yeah, i haven't seen citizen kane because it was made in the old days oh and, and it, being mean, it was just like you can't help when you were born right and and i i'm I infamously haven't seen a lot of movies of my generation because my mom my mom wouldn't let me but um so no judgment towards this person i was just like oh wow yeah there's age and time it rolls on right <laughs> and mm. um and there's that fear of well you're going to be uh replaced and that fear could be uh, stoked for a lot of uh, bad things in life uh, as we see out there in the world, but uh, it, it, you know, not to get deep on it, but Phil's involvement and inv involvement in an important way is uh, something I really enjoy. So I want more. I want more Phil. I want more uh, BTS on Phil and Star Wars. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I also think you know I, I'm a little bit more uh, aware of Phil tip the arc of his career and the technology mm -hmm. from watching that uh, great uh, ILM documentary. Yeah, yes, yes. That spends time, and he is so honest he and his beard are so honest about feeling like i was working on these dinosaurs yeah. <laughs> for steven spielberg and then i had a dinosaur like extinction event of mm -hmm. if the computers can do this my art is over and yeah. to see all these years later no it's not in particularly in a time where, where uh, we're wrestling with all the ai stuff and and mm -hmm. this desire like technology is great but let's use it as a tool we can't have it replace humanity and I yeah. think Phil Tippett's art is so grounded and so human that that is part of what is powerful to me about he, you know, Jurassic Park wouldn't be as good if they didn't use all of his blocking and timing. If he wasn't, you know, the dinosaur supervisor, yeah. <laughs> they call him the credits and the, the tech in that these episodes of Mandalorian that he worked on wouldn't be as good if it didn't have his, his heart and he, and human soul in it. I agree, hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, you know, I, I will. I th I've shared this before when I was working at Star Wars Celebration, and this is why I lo love Star Wars Celebration is that our creators kind of get treated like rock stars, right? Mm -hmm. And the average person may not know who they are, but Dennis Murin, Phil Tippett, and Joe Johnston walked uh, into the area where I was interviewing, and it just was like th like three. Mm -hmm. Gods, I was freaking out, and I know that some of the other people there really didn't know who they were, but I was just like, the three of them, what they have accomplished, like, you know. But I just, but of course, there were a ton of people who knew who they were, and they were treating them as such, and it just was really, really cool. And I'm glad that people are that they are still around, they are still creating, so that people can learn about the work that they've done. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Rock stars entering the building there. Uh, <laughs> this uh, is one episode of uh, the Disney Gallery. Of course, this is kind of the, the normal thing now following um, uh, the first season, which uh, what, had eight episodes of Disney Gallery stuff. Which <laughs> yes. I enjoyed every one. I kind of missed that. I totally get why they won't do that for every show. Of course, we're still waiting on some BTS on Andor. I don't think we'll ever get that. But look, I'm looking forward to this. I do love this stuff. It's part of the Star Wars tradition. Uh, anything's uh, anything we're we're hoping to you know to be revealed or, or discussed in this Disney Gallery episode, Jen. I hope <laughs> I hope it's not like the Kenobi doc. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I felt like you. that was so slick. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't. It felt more like a like a promo, it, it, which you know some of these are obviously. Mm -hmm. I know that we're not going to get like the Revenge of the Sith style. I mean the uh, yeah. the uh, Phantom Menace and uh, type yeah. of documentary, mm -hmm. yeah, right? Yeah. We're yeah. not going to get that. Uh, but I, I feel like I really like the. The clip that they shared um and i'm hoping that they're going to give us kind of the nuts and bolts of of how they did it i want to i want to hear lots of jargon i want to see jargon. concept art <laughs> i want i want to learn new things which i thought that the light light and magic documentary did a really great job at balancing 
you know, all the tech that they talked about with mm-hmm. also a compelling story. And I think that that's always the challenge um, th- with these newer documentaries is, is allowing us to see the flaws, the times where it didn't work, the mistakes. Mm-hmm. To me, that really makes the whole thing feel much more human and less of like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a promotional special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really hope that we get that. And I feel like Favreau in general seems okay with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I, I feel like the Disney gallery with B- Book of Boba Fett, I thought that that one was really good. So I'm just hoping that it kind of continues on with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Favreau probably shares a lot. And I, I think he might make a little bit more of an introspective uh, documentary mm-hmm. the way the way Lucas did. Yeah. I think the reason that there aren't as many Disney gallery episodes is it's just, just too much work for the editors to cut down all the stuff yeah. <laughs> that Favreau would share. Yeah. He's going on a monologue again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that Jenna, and I feel what you're saying about the Kenobi doc. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Thought it was um, powerful in its own way, but uh, different feel. I wouldn't. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was a different vibe, in, in, indeed. There. Um, yes, yeah, for me. Uh, yeah, I'm. 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 I'm definitely want more of um, John, even little Dave, explaining some of their choices and hearing. I think one of the big things is hearing from Rick Famiglia a little bit more. Yeah. Um, a big part of this season and there's some great quotes out there from him during the season um but to, to hear a little bit more about his thoughts and, and and his not just his involvement but what he brought to the table in terms of uh, themes and lessons and, and stories I, I, i'm very curious about that and and yeah and i want to see i want to see jack black and lizzo on set i want to see i want to see all, all the magic of that i want to i want to see these people who who came to the show this season and and had that, uh, you know, that the, the the wide eyes, you know, of like, oh my gosh, I'm in Star Wars. I love that stuff. Um, and hopefully their joy can uh, uh, win over some folks who, who uh, maybe had problems with the season. I don't know. I, I think sometimes these things can help you appreciate what you just watched a little bit more uh, if you're open to it. Uh, but I love this season. It's still one of my favorite uh, seasons of Mando so far. I keep getting in our arguments in the break rooms over this season. <laughs> um, so I think I'm just looking forward to to learn a little bit more about the choices as always. But Joseph, any, any big things you want to see? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jack Black and Lizzo Outtakes was the top of my list. Mm. I, I would be fascinated uh, by that. I, I think one of the things that I'm interested in that I think they might actually cover is that this was such a huge step forward in the uh, scope, not just of the storytelling, but literally visually and, mm. and technology-wise and probably yeah. budget. So mm. I'm you know, hoping for some quality Hal Hickle time. <laughs> uh, talking about the advancements in the volume and the way they use the volume and the decisions they made about how to achieve, you know, lots more space battles, lots more cruising above planets, lots Mm -hmm. more Mandalorians flying this way and that all of the larger special effects, I think in a lot of the discussion of the, of the storytelling that Mm -hmm. I don't feel like there was as much discussion or appreciation of how successfully they expanded the scope. Um, you know, visually, galactically, a number of, I mean, comparing this season to the end of season one, where the only way out is IG-11 exploding to take out those seven (laughs) stormtroopers. I love the beat. And that'd be one of the things like, I'd be fine with a special edition on it. Honestly, put 57 stormtroopers there, Um, you know, and now we are at the 57 Stormtroopers level. So I, I'm mm. excited to see that. Um, that's great. Coruscant design. Uh, I think that's always something that, that you really see the mm. the light in, in every level of people from, you know, set from designers to set dressers of like, we get to be on Coruscant. Uh, we get to show the, this mountain that has been described, you mm-hmm. know, and in, in the, in it's in tiny in background, but it's a central thing. And, that just Star Wars nerdery, and always I, I don't I don't need or want Favreau or Filoni to come come out and say here's what this exact beat of the story means. Mm-hmm. But I think I think some of the um, reception bumps with Mandalorian is because Favreau is is writing in a very distinct, unique style that you know if you handed in that script. If, if you were a lower level writer and handed that script into a manager or agent to sell, they would just say, no, you okay. can't do it like that. Mm-hmm. It, it is a different style. It is a different structure. 
Some say it's a bad structure. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I crave things being a little different and unique and not hammered into the exact shape that that yeah. frankly Hollywood finds safe. So I anything kind of alluding toward not meaning of the story, but structure and tone, I'm really excited for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Messing up the structures a little bit is uh, is fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Tell your stories. Well, we will uh, be able to watch it and discuss it, I'm sure, uh, on a, a future episode. Uh, June 28th is when that drops on Disney+. Plus. We're going to take a quick break and two stories in that aside. But before we do, we do have that Force Center recommends. And it is a Star Wars book. Unless, Joseph, you want to uh, you know, throw in something you're reading right now. Uh, what do we have? A book about a murderer in Nottingham. It's called, <laughs> no, um, that's what I'm. Trying to finish reading. I've been reading it for three months. And when I'm finished reading it, I'm going to read Path of Deceit by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland. That is our suggestion. That is our suggestion. And you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. On the other side, we got more news here on Center. 
We don't do as much. Uh, in fact, I got another phone call from my comic shop saying, are you coming here ever again? Uh, <laughs> I got to go pick up uh, another stack of Star Wars comics, which I'm always happy to have and catch up on. But coming our way this September will be a comic series I'm definitely going to pick up. A six-issue adaptation of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series written by Jody Hauser with pencils from Salvador La Roca. The series ended over a year ago. Hard to believe. Um, but what do we hope to gain from this version of the story, Jen? Let's slow down and go page by page. <laughs> you know, why do we need a comic adaptation? <laughs> that's that's the question. Right? What additional insight? I, and I, I, for me, it's like a testament to the actors because mm -hmm. I thought that every actor on that show brought it. Ewan mm -hmm. McGregor's performance was amazing and i can see not all not all actors are able to do this right mm -hmm. but i could see what he was thinking with just his facial expression that's hard or i mean the, oh my gosh so many great performances that for me it's like do we need a comic book adaptation you know what i'd love to see is a young leia maybe they've done this gosh i'm so bad on the comic <laughs> side a young leia comic or yeah. No, they haven't. They haven't, right? Or yeah. like something centered on the Inquisitors um, with Riva. I don't know. I just feel like, uh, I don't I don't know. I felt like such a complete story. And I love Jodie Hauser. I think she's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm i so behind in the comics. I'm probably the wrong person <laughs> to ask. <laughs> no, you're the right person to ask because uh, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I think this is a question to ask myself of like, I'm going to get this. What, what do I hope to get from it? Because I do have the, the Mando ones they've done. Mm. And, and, and I've have all the ones. In fact, I wish there was the rise of Skywalker one, which Jody Hauser was supposed to work on. And then it got canceled yeah. and, and all that stuff around that. But, but yeah, no, I think um, it does allow you to slow down. It does allow you to focus on the, the big emotional beats and maybe you can see it again for the first time for or some, some folks see it for the first time though. I do wonder if, if you didn't love the series, I don't think you're picking up the, Adaptation, but it is. Um, right. I'd love to know the numbers and reasons why. I think that's how I enjoy your reaction there, Jen, because yeah, the Mando one is so straightforward. It just feels like you're watching the show again, um, mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing at all. Um, so I'm hoping with this series that yeah, maybe some of the the Reva moments, um, if you're seeing the words as opposed to hearing it, and 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 that you know some people some people bumped with some of the the choices, uh, not just the actors made, but dialogue. I I, I understood all those um, discussion points, but I think. Maybe we can pull back and actually focus on on, on the beats, the the emotions that, that were there uh, for yeah. some folks. That that's what I'm hoping there. But Joseph, as an Obi Wan Kenobi fan, I'm <laughs> sure all of these covers will be framed on your wall. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I might actually buy this one issue by issue. What a treat that would be! I normally wait for the uh, the collected trade paperback, mm -hmm. and uh, and sometimes I physically buy them, but usually they live on my iPad. But this one I might support by buying it. You know, I am not an expert these days in the comic book industry mm -hmm. by any means, but uh, in the way back days before Phil Tippett had his beard, um, <laughs> when when we were young. A, a part of the cultural uh, permeation of a story was it appearing physically in the world in lots of different ways hmm. of a storybook, a comic book adaptation, right. a novelization, uh, trading cards, so that this you could find the story, no matter, you know, kind of what age you were or literally where your eyeline was at a store. Mm. you had a better chance of finding the story. Mm. I remember, you know, that that means of marketing things was so pervasive. I had no real interest in the the Annie musical that came out in the 80s. <laughs> but it was being presented to me in the exact same way Star Wars was. Like, but there are trading cards and there are a storybook. Mm -hmm. And I think I got the storybook of Annie. And I was like, okay, but I'm happy. Like, it, it was that... Mm -hmm. That is a way for, I think, other people uh, people to find the story. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not the same at all as like when comic books were just, you know, on, on spinner racks right, and, right. you know, grocery stores and all that. But the, the particularly the collected volumes are in bookstores everywhere, in mm -hmm. Barnes & Noble and in lots of indie bookstores. So I think that there is still the possibility that something like this is a discovery point. Mm -hmm. So that it's... Less for people who already watched it 
and more for the possibility of discovery. And particularly since on Disney Plus, everything right now is still, you know, behind a wall. And I think Mm -hmm. a a lot of us um, Star Wars fans are frustrated by that of like, let us buy, we'll buy your ridiculously expensive Blu-ray. Yeah, (laughs) please. We would love to. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe the financial sense isn't there. So I'm happy for it just to be another expression of this story mm-hmm. is uh, is my starting place. And then for, for the actual adaptation, uh, Jennifer, to your point, I really hope it's an adaptation. I hope it's a slightly different viewpoint on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... One of the things that I'd be that I'm really fascinated by is the pacing trade-off. They they said that each issue is covering an episode. Yeah, the episodes were very different in length yeah. and the amount of plot versus just the amount of beautiful scenery and, and pathos. Mm. <laughs> so I think there might be some interesting compression and expansion. Um, I always want to caveat that that Jody Hauser is a is a pal. So in real life, so I'm I'm biased uh but i know that she's always interested in is there any way that i can find more layers and details is there room Mm -hmm. for some additional dialogue or an additional scene or an additional beat Mm -hmm. i know as a writer that's what she is shooting for and obviously lucasfilm is a is a a big (laughs) a big machine and sometimes those things happen and sometimes they don't but i know that that's what she will want to do is is get under the hood even more in maybe a way that there wasn't room for didn't make sense on screen. So I'm really hoping that that could happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. That's such a great point. I, I and this is where I do feel like I am in a bubble. Cause I'm like, I've watched the show. I've seen the episodes. I don't know how many times, why do we need to come? Well, of course <laughs> is that you're right. Not everyone has seen the show or maybe they're a little bit too young and it might be not as scary per se, uh, mm-hmm. in a comic. So this is such a, such a great point. And I have to remind myself <laughs> that everyone is consuming these episodes <laughs> and dissecting them, you know, yeah. frame by frame. Yeah. My, my, uh, my, uh, my, my sister's brother's children mm-hmm. have this lovely pact to watch star Wars together. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think my ne- my nephew is a little bit younger and even more into it. So like, I'll, I'll, if he doesn't have it yet, I'll buy this for his mm-hmm. birthday or Christmas because then he can visit the story anytime he wants and he doesn't have to wait for his sisters, right. you know? Uh, so I think right. there's lots of things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. No, uh, I think it all, uh, all sides uh, on the discussion are valid there. I'm with you, Jen too, but yeah, I think Joseph, you're painting a great picture of a, of a kid wandering through a, a Barnes and Noble, the last Barnes and Noble left in the world and, and offering <laughs> uh, a trade paperback of this and, and, and discovering Star Wars of the series. All valuable there. Well, that's coming your way in September. So uh, we will uh, follow up, maybe read it. And uh, Joseph will hang all those covers on his wall. That's what I want to see. All those Obi-Wan covers on your wall. That's my dream. Exactly. Now it's time for our final story of the day. And this one is going to perhaps inspire some heated discourse out there in the world. Are you ready to buy a Nubs plush? Well, you <laughs> better be. That's right. Hasbro announced a line of young Jedi Adventures plush toys and more. Things like lightsabers will be available as well. But we're focusing on the plush today. The plush Yoda. They have the plush Yoda adorned in his High Republic robes. It's 13 inches tall and will cost you about $29.99. Price to go. But then this is the main event. The plush nubs, nubs in plush form, 16 inches tall, <laughs> over 16 inches tall. And it'll cost you $34.99. So uh, no other questions, no other commentary. Uh, Jen, how many will you buy? Now this, I actually have a lot to say on uh, toys. <laughs> this is this is my thing. Okay, so first of all, the nubs plush is a must. I, I love that it's a nice size, 16 inches, as opposed to sometimes. In fact, I was just at Target yesterday and I saw a really small toy, probably like <laughs> under 12 inches. I'm like, mm, not enough cuddle size there. Um, I, so I think it's a great size, decent price point, And I like that Nubs is all plush, as opposed to the Galactic Pals, which have the hard face. The hard face allows for more details, my kids love the pals. My daughter sleeps with Nisa every night, but <laughs> it's a little, you know, you're pressing up against this plastic face. So nubs, all of it furry, still having the expressions and the detail that we love with the character. Also, 
what happened to the Galactic Pals? Because they are no longer at Target in store, which mm. I thought was interesting. Because I thought that they were going to make like a whole oh, yeah. multiple series, like a Tauntaun, mm. uh, Gamorrean Guard I saw was a possibility. Mm. Anyways, mm. Um, I have a lot more thoughts, but I'll let you guys go because no. I really do have a lot more thoughts. <laughs> I, I, we're, we're definitely going to come back to you for your thoughts there. I also think it's the start of a, of a Landa Investigates report on um, the Galactic Pals. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I probably, I'll say, I'm probably not going to get these. Um, not buying a lot of Star Wars merch, so it's not it's not Nubs or Yoda or the plush form because otherwise I would absolutely want one. Um, I am though still uh, uh, very much on Team Nubs. In fact, the other day I had a, one of those lunches and you put on something to watch, and I was like, okay, I'll I'll keep going with Young Indy. But kind of like what you were saying at the top of the show, I was like, I don't know, I'm having a microwave burrito. I don't want to watch World War One stuff right now. Okay, <laughs> um, I was like, oh, you know what? I've dropped off Young Jedi Adventures, so I watched a couple episodes as I had it on, and I was laughing. Because I love it. I love this series. And it's so silly. And it's so not for me. It's so for a five-year-old. But here I was, 47, eating lunch at home, watching Nubs and his friends. And I just was laughing at the absurdity of it and why I love Star Wars so much. Um, So I absolutely, the Yoda looks great. I love the robe. Nubs looks amazing. So Joseph, I kick it to you. How many are you buying? Uh, copies of the Obi-Wan comic or nubs? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, mm, uh, I might buy one. I might break. I might break. Yeah. Uh, the The apartment is getting smaller and smaller as the toys mm. advance. Uh, so there's there must be a reckoning. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> there must be some decisions made. And uh, I love, Jennifer, your uh, your cuddle size analysis because from, from my like, I, kinda, I, I got a we got a little stuffed animal uh, uh, montage, not a montage, a mise en scene uh, in front of the television. The, the porgs towering over all of the other squirrels and bats. Uh, so it's like, oh, man, I wish this nubs was a little bit smaller. But now I understand the 16 inch cuddle size. <laughs> and I agree with you about the plastic. The plastic, even as a kid, weirded me out. It's like, I just want to cuddle it. I don't want it to suddenly be all weird and you know plasticky uh so i love that i love nubs in the show i I love his weird little dance i love his Mm -hmm. weird little noises um so Mm -hmm. i would be three in this this doll sometimes sometimes the dolls aren't successful at entirely translating the cuteness of like Mm -hmm. sometimes something's cute on screen and then you get it home like this is a child's play doll (laughs) this doll is gonna wake up and come for me when i'm sleeping uh and nubs has none of that vibe perfectly captures uh the cuteness so i would i would absolutely love this nubs the one thing about him that's weird to me is i think on the packaging he's described as fuzzy force nubs mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. which suggests the existence of other kinds of force nubs <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah gosh. yeah uh, gobble eating force nubs i don't know fuzzy force uh, mm-hmm. it's like you know he, he Nubs is fine. You, you don't need to call him Fuzzy Force Nubs. That was a little creepy. That's yeah, I see that now. I see that. And his expression <laughs> is adorable. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, so much things to love about Nubs. Well, uh, Joseph will clear some space for Nubs and maybe that Razor Crest that I think is probably still in, your, in the box, right? You still <laughs> it is still it is still in the box. But Jennifer, you had more to say, didn't you? <laughs> I do. You know that they're on Shop Disney. They actually have a nine inch Nubs, <gasps> uh, which is oh. one I think I saw initially. Um, That's more my size. Right. More your size for me, because I know I'm going to have to buy two of them. Because <sighs> these children, they want to have the exact same thing. But that's why I like this cuddle size. Um, and for sensory issues, you know, it's it's important to have some heft when yeah. you're when you're a little scared at night. Which brings me to my next point. <laughs> the thing with the Grogu's, mm-hmm. right? There's a million Grogu's. But yeah. each one has its own unique feature, right? Some make noises. Some have uh, uh, no feet. Uh, one is able to use the force if you know if you touch his head. So there's already one nubs on the market. With the second nubs, I would love to see some extra features for $34.99. And I don't think it doesn't make any noises, right? Just the ones that you make. <laughs> right. Yeah, whatever the fuzzy force is. <laughs> right. So fuzzy force. So no no sound effects, no noises. So that already I'm like, mm, I don't like that. Uh and also, uh, what was another thing I was thinking for $35? I mean, $35. That's actually a lot for a plush. Yeah. 
That's oh. actually why? Why is it $35 if it doesn't make any sounds? Because it's a 16 inch nubs. I don't know. Is that, yeah. that, I don't know. Oh, You're paying the cutout me- price. <laughs> that brings me to my next point is we really need a, a star Wars toy that can help with like nighttime anxieties. So mm. there's actually this current toy. Um, I think it was on shark tank. It's got a star belly. It's like a unicorn. There's a puppy, a cat. You press its little star Mm -hmm. and it it projects like a bunch of little stars in the dark. So Mm -hmm. if your kid is scared, you can just press its little tummy and then it lights up and makes it feel better. What better toy than to have nubs do something similar? Like maybe if it actually was carrying a lightsaber and like the lightsaber would glow. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like there's a potential to, to let's take it beyond uh, Disney yeah. toys. Let's let's really uh, be more competitive with what's out there. We we, we got to get you into the toy lab. We gotta, <laughs> this is maybe where this you're is true favorite. Yeah, know, this this is great stuff. And uh, <laughs> just as a is a PSA to any lins- listeners, you probably already figured this out. Um, it's not going to be successful if you try to Google nine inch nubs. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Go to Shop first, Disney if you're going to do that. First, Google told me you mean nine inch nails, right? Uh, and I said no, no, I mean nine inch nubs. And then I got some other products. Uh, <laughs> so then I went you and just hurt did yourself today. Oh, yes. uh, I want to uh, hug you like a Jedi. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I hug you like a Padawan. <laughs> nine inches, nine and three quarters. Maybe that'll help. Right. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did find him. And and here's here's the, maybe the value added for for thirty five dollars on the other one is it's real good. Mm. This one's got the weird shag carpet face. Uh, yeah, where it's meant to look furry, but then it just covers their eyes. Mm-hmm. It, it, the other one is perfect. Seventies yeah. <sighs> yeah. man. Mm. Yep, I'm not. I'm not down with nine inch nubs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, uh, first of all, that, that analysis, Jen, of, of the plush world is, is why you have so many fans. Uh, a valuable perspective that uh, I would have never thought of. Cuddle size, anxiety. Uh, I mean, there's so many things there that you. Oh. Just God. Conversation. <laughs> Daryl, you're like, what about the Obi-Wan comic series? I'm like, I don't, I got nothing. But here's my talk about that, about no. the plush. This oh, is the balance God. of the force. This is why we have fun recording with the with the three of us. Because like I, I I had five more things to say about the Obi-Wan Kenobi comic and I edited myself and then you're like, all right. All right. <laughs> here's my 99 theses about the nubs doll. Cracking your knuckles and saying, "All right, here, here's where I'm a Viking. Let's do this." Um, <laughs> love that, love that. No, no valuable, uh, all valuable uh, insight. And uh, you know, if they had an anxiety nubs uh, with a light, I think uh, we'd need one in our house too. I, and we don't have kids, so maybe for the Chihuahuas even. So uh, this is great. Oh, yeah, this is great. Uh, and uh, proves the value of these toys and the value of these characters as well. Uh, check it out if you guys, in fact, if you guys out there listening uh, end up getting one of these plush figures and want to share a series of photos with us, please let us know uh, and tweet us the photos. Um, that would be amazing. There you go. Yes, All right. Please. Jen, your nubs. any final nubs thoughts, Jen? No, no, but I do like the little lightsabers that they mm. also are coming out with, yeah. which are more kid-friendly size. So I'm happy about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you go, folks. That's a look at Star Wars news. We went deep today. Disney Gallery, Obi-Wan and Nubs and Plush Dolls. Learned a lot of things today that I needed to learn. We are out of here. Uh, we're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast is available on a lot of spots. Just search. You'll find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. No plush versions of us yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash four centers where you can support us directly and follow me at Cadnapsock or go to Cadnapsock.com for more. Uh, keep teasing uh, dates for comedy shows in the fall, um, cities like DC, uh, Vegas, and uh, others, New York on uh, the docket. So uh, follow me there for more information on that. Jen, where can I find you and perhaps more on plush dolls? I'm going to have to do an unboxing and analysis of the, of the Nubs Blush, yes. which you'll find on my YouTube channel at Jennifer Landa. Instagram, I'm going to post the, those holiday special concept art. That is at Jennifer Landa as well. 
Love that. Love that. Uh, Joseph, I know you're busy locked in an edit. Uh, so maybe the <laughs> unboxing videos or the not unboxing videos are on a little bit of a hiatus, but where can they find it for you? Yeah, I feel bad because I look at all the action figures staring at me and I and I want to talk about them. But yeah, just a, a, a little bit too busy for the not unboxing videos, but they will return. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me on social media. Uh, my handle everywhere is Nine Inch Nubs. I'm changing it from <laughs> at Joseph Scrimshaw to Nine Inch Nubs and see what that does to my follower accounts. Uh, but y- you can still search for my old handle at Joseph Scrimshaw uh, on Blue Sky in particular. If you're if you're there, I'm enjoying it and uh, I just want there to be more people there. Um, still on Twitter as well, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all those places. Uh, so come find me there in more uh, more news soon about a couple of the short films I've been working on. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned indeed. All right, my friends, for Nubs, for Yoda, and all the plush figures out there in the world, that's it for Force Center. See you next time, friends. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 